It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it, because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by New York Lottery. So glad you could join us on a victory Monday for Big Blue. I'm Paul Dottino. He is Super Bowl champion putter Jeff Fiegels. Our phone number is 973-667-1960. 973-667-1960. You can also find us on Twitter at hashtag GiantsChat. Uh, he is at Jay Fiegels. I am at GiantsWFAN. You can also find an archive of the show and our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts. Hello, Mr. Fiegels. <laughs> Hello, Paulie. How are you? I'd say the sun is a lot brighter today than usual. No question. Still came up, right? It That's sure good. did. Yeah. And uh, it, it did come up on the East Coast for the New York football Giants, who upset the Seattle Seahawks 17-12 to yesterday in a dominant defensive performance and a workmanlike offensive performance that was able to overcome another rough day for special teams for the second week in a row. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Of more importance is the fact that the defense really put the clamps on Russell Wilson, D.K. Metcalf, and company. What a game plan. What a game plan Patrick Graham and that staff put together to put basically a net over that pocket um, one thing that I saw yesterday that was lovely to my eyes and ears was that when any time that Russell Wilson wanted to get out of that pocket where he does that little spin move, there was a guy right next to him, and that was by design. And those guys were disciplined in their rush lanes and a great, great, great game plan, and they executed it perfectly on a tough place to go. Remember, the Seahawks had not lost at home at all this season. They were 5-0 and going into that game. We could start uh, talking about this defense in a number of ways, Jeff, so I'm going to let you pick the order. We could very easily Let's go top talk, to bottom. Uh, well, I was just going to say, front. if you want to go back to front, well, then you've got to start with the secondary and mm -hmm. a terrific game by Jabril Peppers, and I also thought that Bradbury and Yadam uh, did their share of the work. Uh, Holmes also came up with a couple of big plays. I mean, everywhere you look – it was it was bouquets of flowers to everybody. But mm -hmm. let's start with the secondary and the fact that they did not allow outside of that one touchdown pass to Carson where I think there might have been a busted coverage. Other than that, they did not get gouged by this passing game. Yeah. And you knew you knew Metcalf was gonna have some plays, right? I mean the guys it's only natural that he's gonna get them. Um, but I think these guys were just, they were blanketed. I mean, there was nowhere to go for Russell Wilson and, you know, and that trickles down, trickles down to the linebackers and the defensive ends and the defensive linemen that, you know, be able to get in there and get some pressure on them, but they played well. They played physical. That's what I liked about those guys yesterday. They were physical. They were around the ball. They were making good hits. Jabril Peppers is, is such a, a fun player to watch. You know, he is very physical. He's fast. Um, and he loves to tackle. And he's all around the football. But I think that those guys are just, you know, they're getting better and better every week. But, boy, they played an outstanding game yesterday that gave those guys up front a chance to against Russell Wilson. So Wilson 
through 27 completions on 43 attempts. He was sacked five times. Uh, Giants also dropped a couple of interceptions, believe it or not. But one of the numbers that I really liked a lot here, besides the 10 quarterback hits, is the seven passes defensed. And that's what you're talking about with the physicality, Jeff, Mm -hmm. because they were arriving on time and knocking that ball loose. Yeah. Yeah, there was a couple times when it was just not only just one person, but there was two or three guys around the football. Exactly. You know, one guy going high, one guy going low, and one guy going after the football. And especially that last pass of the game. I mean, look at that. That was, you know, those things are just they're jump balls. But, you know, those guys wanted it more than the Seahawks did. And they went up there. I mean, Julian Love, he was up there. Wasn't he? Man, oh, man. I I thought he was on stilts. (laughs) There was a picture I saw on Twitter Twitter or something this morning when I was doing a little bit of reading about the game. And there's a picture, a still picture of him and Bradbury. Those guys are up there. I mean, they are up there. It's a great, great shot. And, um, you know, a great play to end a, a perfect game for those guys. Okay, you said you wanted to go from the back to the front, so now we have to go to the linebackers. Uh, update on Blake Martinez. Uh, left the game with a sore back in the fourth quarter. Coach Joe Judd said today a lot of bumps and bruises and nicks, but he doesn't think there's anything serious. Wants to wait till the guys come back on the plane later on today. They did sleep overnight in Seattle and got treatment would like to see to make sure that nobody has any inflammation with their injuries as they get back to New Jersey uh, later on this afternoon. Now, uh, of interest with this linebacking core is that we knew they were coming in depleted. But Martinez, of course, another double-digit tackle day and then supplemented by a Rubik's Cube of guys who (laughs) all made plays. Crowder, uh, we're talking about Sheard. We're talking about, you know, Mayo was in there for some snaps. Carter Coughlin had a ton of snaps and was effective and always around the pocket. And, oh, my goodness, Nico Lalos, are you serious? <laughs> two games played, and he's already got two takeaways. <laughs> and and please don't let me forget that Cam Brown also <laughs> had some pressure on the pocket as well and made his presence felt. And, and I guess the only guy I'm leaving off on this list is Downs, but he also contributed a couple of tackles. This linebacking core, under the radar going into the game, Young made a bunch of plays. Young. Think about that. Think about those guys you just named off. I mean, Martinez is the oldest guy of them. I mean, um, and then I think, you know, Carter played a good game yesterday at Coughlin. He really did. He he was a guy that really was disciplined in those rush lanes that I talk about, you know, getting in there and, and really keeping him in the pocket. That's Russell Wilson. Um, but all those guys, Paul, like you said, are just they're learning on the run and they're learning to play football at this level. And, you know, they're getting great coaches. Um, I was actually texting back and forth with Coach Bielema, who I've become pretty good friends with, and he was telling me a little bit about those guys yesterday. He says, you know, it's just a – it's a – Every week is different. You know, we don't know who's going to be up, who's going to be down, who's hurt, who's not. And uh, they're just playing their butts off, and they're just a great group of kids, he called them. All right. Last unit on defense is up front. And, you know, (laughs) I'm never going to get tired of talking about this guy because, you know, I've, I've been a fan of his since day one when they got him in the deal from the Jets last year. Leonard Williams, as Coach Judge said after the game yesterday, he's just a dude. He's a man. Man, dude's a man. a man. Dude's a man. He's a man. Man, man. <laughs> yeah, all over the place. All over the place, and good for him. Um, you know, and and not only you know these teams got to pay attention to him, and he's still, 
getting through double, you know, double teams. Um, just just doing a heck of a job, and that frees up a lot of the other guys to make plays too. And Dexter Lawrence and um, you know Thomas and all those guys are just playing at a level that this defense we never thought at this juncture um, coming into the season that they would have this much success. I promise you, nobody did. No one thought that they would have this type of success. Now, I think as we were going on earlier in the season and moving forward to where we were, to where we were at now, Paul, I think we talked about how the Dolphins improved last year under Patrick Graham. Um, and we were hoping that we would see that type of improvement out of the Giants defense, and we certainly have. Um, you know, and so I don't want to go on the offense yet, but, you know, collectively, we talked about it on the pregame show yesterday that going forward, this defense, this team is going to have to lean on the defense. And they certainly did yesterday, and they stepped up and won a game where you have your backup quarterback in there just asking them not to make mistakes. I mean, the one tipped interception, a little bit of both there, right? I mean, um, and we'll get on the offense in a second. But defensively, absolutely a gem. Absolutely a gem. Two takeaways, uh, five sacks, and um, just continue to play at a high level. Love it. Williams, two and a half of those sacks, had five <clears throat> quarterback hits. Mm-hmm. And maybe – just maybe he's starting to, uh, I don't know, do, do we do we fit him for a cowl yet? Is he a Batman? Whew, he's getting real close to starting to be one. I mean, he doesn't have double-digit sacks yet, but it looks like he will by the time this season is over. Uh, I usually kind of reserve Batman uh, connotations for guys who get upwards of 13, 14. You know, w- once you break that dozen barrier, mm-hmm. that to me makes you a Batman. But the way Leonard yeah. Williams is playing right now, boy, does he look like he's got a cowl on. Yeah. Yeah, I look at, you know, he's got eight and a half. Isn't that what he's at now? Eight and a half That's sacks. That's what he's at. So, remember, Marcus Golden last year had ten. Yeah, but he and, was not a Batman. That's Ten doesn't do so, it. Where I'm getting at is that I look at the eight and a half sacks that, that Leo has, and then I look at the ten that Marcus Golden has, and there's so much more impactful play out of Leonard Williams that I ever saw out of Marcus Golden. Yeah, you know? they've been bigger plays and bigger moments. Yeah, I, and, I would uh, agree He plays with that. the run extremely well. Um, and what's what's really nice if you've got to listen to Coach Judge's press conference about him last night. He's a guy that everybody loves in the locker room. He's always smiling, um, and that he is just you know a pleasure to be around that facility. And that's something that the Giants are going to have to look at going forward because this is a this is a show me year for him, right? I mean, they franchise him and. We'll see what happens going forward with him, but he's certainly putting out uh, a nice resume and a display of his talent. Um, the guy's going to get paid, whether it's here or somewhere else, that's for sure. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. The New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch-off games once again. Head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to $500,000. Please gift responsibly. Uh, quickly, let's do the offense and then a moment on specials before we get to the phone calls. We will get to you in just a short time, fans. I know you really want to talk about this ball game, but offensively, uh, yeah, we could we could start with Colt McCoy because he was the guy in place of Daniel Jones. But I think we need to begin with Wayne Gallman. <laughs> yeah, how about it? Well, hey, Wayne Gallman just does what he's supposed to do. Um, and he's very patient. I mean, that running game in the first half was not very good. Um, and they just they made some adjustments at halftime, which continues to amaze me that these co- this coaching staff can, can do that in, a, in, a, in 12 minutes of a halftime and come out and execute it. But he's a patient runner, him and Alfred Morris. And, uh, but he just consistently is, is getting positive yards. 
and he's got that burst. Um, and, you know, you're not going to get that type of running ability if you don't have it in front of you, which we'll talk about. But those guys are, you know, they're blocking for him. But Wayne Gallman continues to run um, like he's trying to prove that he can play in this league. And whether it's with this team or another team or whatever, you know, you talk about Saquon, what's going to happen with Wayne Gallman? But, you know, you know, is anybody, you've got to have two really good running backs in this league. You really do. Um, just because of what happened this year. So Wayne Gallman, I'm happy and proud of him, and I, I think he's done just an outstanding job. And Alfred Morris is a nice changeup. Great. Can you believe that that's the first touchdown pass that he's caught in his career? In his NFL career, that's correct. That is ridiculous. It really <laughs> is when you think about it. <laughs> I mean, Of course, been, I mean, 2012, it's ridiculous it? when you think about the fact that his career was basically given up on by, by everybody in the league, and the Giants brought him back, you know, for lack of a better description, off the sofa. <laughs> yeah. and, and look what he's doing. I mean, yeah. these two drives, back-to-back scoring drives for the Giants, this is really where they took command of this game. Yeah. Uh, midway third quarter, uh, second and seven from the 23. Goldman on a 60-yard run. Key blocks, okay, key blocks by Lemieux, Smith, Thomas, Toilolo, and Austin Mack. Yeah. Boy, do I love Austin Mack. This yeah. guy is always throwing a key block on a key run every single Sunday, even when he doesn't get thrown uh, any passes his way. First down at the 17. Morris for 13 behind left guard. Uh, gets key blocks there, also, believe it or not, by the two tight ends. Smith and Evan Ingram throwing key blocks on that run. And then Morris on the touchdown, first and goal, four yards in. Uh, it is Toilolo and Lemieux who clear the way. Uh, that's exactly how you draw it up. And then after they are able to hold Seattle on a fourth and one, thanks to pressure by Carter Coughlin on Russell Wilson, okay, forcing an incompletion. And by the way, Yadam in coverage on Carson did a nice job too. Let's not forget Yadam has really come out of nowhere and, and done a great job for this team recently. Giants take over at the Seahawks 48. Three yards for Goldman, 13 yards for Goldman, 23 yards for Goldman. Key blocks by Lemieux, Gates, and Zeitler. First and goal at the eight. Morris up the middle for a couple. And then Morris on the six yard rolling touchdown catch to the right side. And the Giants are up 14 to five. And to be honest with you, that to me, right there, those two drives and include the fourth down stop, that's the statement that the Giants made to Seattle that said, hey, fellas, we're going to be here, and we're in this game. Mm-hmm. Don't, 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 don't think that you're going to get through a walk in the park because we're here, and we're going to be here. And, and don't forget about the two-point conversion, too. It was sure. a great play. So, yeah, that offensive lineman, they, they had a you – know, they, they their motive was to you know, win the line of scrimmage because that was a third rushing defense in the National Football League, and the Giants were able to put up 190 yards on them. Um, but they were going with that heavy, heavy personnel. And, you know, once uh, those guys got in there. Love it, love baby. It. Jeff, you Jeff, do. could um, you have imagined the smile on my face when <laughs> I saw them running power stuff? Yeah. It's oh, kind of baby. It, and on TV, it looks it looks like there's 35 people on either the right or the left side of the line of scrimmage when they go to that. It's insane how how many how many big guys they have over there, um, which sets up a lot of you know you could tell that they like to run to that left side, and that that's a, a testament to 
Lemieux, who is, continues to play very, very at a high level. Thomas, too. And um, and Thomas, too. Yeah, in fact, that the 60-yard run, if you look on the replay, he's out there. Thomas is out there in front of all the linemen. I um, listed him. I listed him. And everybody, everybody ran past him. But um, Jamal Adams, my goodness, what a football player. Whoa, man. That guy is really good. He, he brings it every play. He is just an outstanding, outstanding well, football player. And he player. had a terrific game, but he couldn't do it himself. And nope. that's in, in part because foot injury or not, Carlos Dunlap, who I really thought in conjunction with Adams, could yeah, pose a, a huge problem for the Giants. Dunlap was virtually invisible. Wound up with only one tackle on 23 snaps. Yeah, Didn't get near the quarterback. Uh, again, could have been partly because of his sore foot, but sure. Thomas, uh, Fleming, Parrott, whoever he was trying to run up against, because he was he did flop, he did take snaps on both sides, he could not do anything. And so they were down to a one-man pass rush, and that was Jamal Adams. And that was a very significant portion of why the Giants were able to methodically win this game with Colt McCoy as a game manager you mentioned the numbers on the running game, but I do want to mention Goldman's numbers in particular. Uh, 16 carries for 135 yards, obviously setting the career high uh, in yardage. And uh, so the Giants, you know, played clean football. The one tip pass that was picked off by Adams. Again, uh, Evan Ingram got to clean those things up. Uh, it's it's getting very, very frustrating to watch a guy who later on made a big first down catch mm-hmm. in the final few minutes of the game. Very frustrating. Um, you know, got to clean those things up. All right, we're going to go to the phones in just one more minute. I do want to remind people. Yeah, well, that's what I want to do. I want to remind people that special teams, which, again, had been great until last week, suffered another bruised game this week in Seattle. And, Jeff, just give me a thumbnail now on what happened on that blocked punt because I saw a couple of things, but I don't know if I saw it accurately. Well, first of all, it was a great – it was a perfectly designed play, okay? Um, secondly, the fact that Nate, uh, Ebner, you know, he has a responsibility as the up back is to protect the middle of the – because the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, right? Right. So where does the guys – they're going to try to block the kick is normally up the front, and that's where you can get to the punter quickly. So they had a delayed blitz. And Ebner picked up the guy that was coming through first. And then the last second, he realized there's a free runner. um, And he just came scot-free. So it was a a very well-executed play on on the part of the Seattle Seahawks. And it was just a busted, you know, protection by the the Giants. And, uh, again, if you were going to go forward with where this team is going – um, you cannot have breakdowns in special teams back-to-back weeks like this. You're, you know, a hundred, over a 100-yard kickoff return and now a punt blocked for, for two points. Could have been six. Um, could have been a big, big difference in the game. And you've got to have to button that stuff up. Now, do they have the coaches to do it? <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, you know, we know that. So got to go back to the drawing board and really just kind of get back to understanding all pump protection is is all man. There's no zone in so, and it's if you they always the guys always used to joke if you can't co- count to four, then you can't be on the punt team because there's usually eight guys four on right and four on the left right so if you you're just counting a, 
you know, four, three, two, one, that's who you got. Four, three, two, one, that's who you got. So if you can count to four, you're good to go. But when you put an extra guy in the box now, um, that and they, they mix them up with crossing blitzes, then that's what happened. So, so gotta, you're basically going to say the other guys get paid too, and they had the sure. perfect play for yeah. that design. And in all honesty, you don't think at that point there's anything the Giants could have done to prevent it? No, that you know what they they just had to block better. It was a mental error and um, something you don't see that often. I mean, block punts they happen, but you know they don't happen that. I had 12 of them in my whole career for 22 seasons. So it just goes to show you that there's not they don't happen a lot. But um, one thing about big plays and special teams is they're momentum killers, right? Um, yeah. And they're and they're big plays. They're turnovers, and you can't afford to number one give up points in the in the kicking game. I mean, look at the Patriots yesterday. They scored two touchdowns on special teams um, to add to their forty-five nothing win that they did. But you know that's just you can't come, you can't overcome sometimes some of those special teams uh, problems, especially turnovers on special teams. You know. Well, and I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm sure that Joe Judge is not exactly happy that Riley Dixon had to trip up the return guy after the safety. That's right. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, that was like a what, was 22-yard return? Yeah, they got it packed up almost to the 50, I think. Almost it was. cost the Giants more points. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, 973-667-1960 is our phone number on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Uh, we'd like to remind you, Giants fans, get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with a Giants-branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants, member FDIC. And the New York Giants and Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab tests through Quest Direct to get the health answers you need most. It is time to hit the phones Who's first? It's Joe in Pennsylvania. Hello. Hey, hello, guys. Great win. I think we're turning the corner. Uh, with a, with a, a defense that can play like this and a running game, that can keep us in, in anything. And the key to that defense, definitely Leonard Williams, you, you mentioned him. I, I hope we get him signed soon. Then you got to look at Peppers. He's all over the, the place, too. You know what I mean? Really and truly, Martinez. Peppers, uh, what's his contract, Paul? Is he signed for a couple years? Yes. Yes, okay. I don't have to worry about him. Get Leonard Williams signed. Then we got to make sure we get our assistant uh, coach, Graham, signed there. He, he can still go as a head coach, couldn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Paul. Yeah. Can he, can he still go as a head coach being yeah. an assistant? Sure. Sure. Why? Well, yeah. I mean, it, why not? Okay. Well, that's another guy. Well, I, I, I hope we could keep him. Then <laughs> I, 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 yes, I totally concur. I think and the Giants staff offense, is outstanding, and they'd like to keep them all. Right on offense, we're running, we're running the ball. That's that's the key there. We got the offensive line. I think straightened out. I think we got to sign Gallman because I'm not sure Barkley's going to be be there again and dependable. Uh, Gallman has shown us what he can do, so I, I just hope we could uh, re-sign him. You know, it's a great win, and uh, um, uh, hopefully I can watch Pittsburgh beat Washington today, and then tomorrow I'll watch uh, <laughs> Baltimore beat Dallas. Keep going, Giants, one game at a time. And uh, and uh, Morris, you know, he's reminded me of um, – Who's the back? O.J. Anderson when we got him later for Parcells. Remember running coming in? 
there well, in the I playoffs. Think Otis had a much more accomplished career, and he was a bigger back, but I do understand the point. Uh, being older like that and being a mule yeah. anyway. So, yeah. uh, hey, great win. Go Giants. That's all. I'm sure Thank everybody you, wants to tune in. Call again. To clarify, and it's interesting that he mentioned Barkley in his conversation when he brought up Peppers' contract before, you've got – the, they picked up the option on Ingram's contract, which means they have him through next season. Peppers' deal also runs through 2021. And then, of course, you're going to have to deal with the whole injury thing with Saquon Barkley because he will come back, hopefully, next summer. And you're going to have to figure out what he can and cannot do before you start thinking about his value. So the Giants will have some things they're going to have to discuss at some point, no question. But that's for another day. Right now... They are uh, on a four-game winning streak, okay? They are 5-7, and seven, and they are alone in first place in the NFC East. And, Jeff, I think that's a pretty good thing to chew on. Gallman is going to be a free agent next year. Just, I just At the end up. of this year. Yeah. Um, Correct. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's all you can do. You set the reset button after the season's over, right? Win the division, get in, then everybody's 0-0, and, and, you know, boom, boom. And, you know, yeah. you get some, some great advantages of winning your division is you get a home game, right? Um, and that you're, gonna, you're one of those higher seeds in the, in the conference. So, um, and by the way, you know, this is a year that they're adding more playoff teams to the, to, the, to the pool, right? Isn't that what we're doing this year? Well, yeah, it's going to be seven in each conference, but that's irrelevant because the Giants are going to have to win the East. You're not going in as a wild card. No, no, I'm, they're going to win the East. I'm just saying they're going to have a home playoff game. Yes. Yeah, which is one of the advantages of, of sitting there. And, and if Washington can lose tonight, um, which they very well could be. I mean, they're playing the Steelers, by the way. Um, that would ben, give them Ben's how many... got a sore knee, though, so we don't know about his status. Well, I still think that uh, it's a tough game. Where are they playing that game at? Do you know? Is it in I Washington? It's in, I believe it's in Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. So if Washington loses tonight, does that give the Giants a two-game lead, Paul? No, one. It'll give them just one. Okay. All right. Hey. Who cares? Just keep winning. <laughs> keep winning, Big man. Big Blue Kickoff Live is All presented. you need is a half, right? <laughs> I hear you. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. The New York Lottery's released their seasonal scratch-off games once again. Head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to $500,000. Please give responsibly. Uh, we go back to the phone lines at 973-667-1960. Carl is in Connecticut. You're next on the show. Hello. Hello, Paul and Jeff. Great to be on again with you guys. Thank Thanks you. for calling. I have to say, I can't believe what I witnessed yesterday. <laughs> it was from the past, how these guys have played and what physical play that they're playing with. Like, each week you watch, they just get better and better. And as you watch, it is just so impressive of this coaching staff and just how well they are coaching and how well these young players are playing. It's like looking in a mirror at New England and Bill Belichick. It is like a duplicate how this coaching staff is finding these young players in these low rounds and just these guys are balling. Like, I'm still adrenaline-ridden. Carl, understand something. The coaching staff doesn't find these guys. Dave Gettleman and the personnel department find these guys. It's oh, this yeah. front office that got slammed for the last two and a half, three years that has done this job to turn this franchise around. They got oh. the players for this coaching staff 
to then become the teachers that they need to become to bring the best out of these guys. It's, it's a team effort here. This is from top to bottom. Definitely. Definitely. And the other name that I want to say, and I've heard by listening all over the place, Leonard Williams. This guy is just a presence. He is playing with an octane. I mean, this guy is playing awesome, and I love it because everybody, all these fans, they were bashing him. There were so many critics, and I'm so happy of how his year is going and the production that he is having. He's just a great guy, a great player. You could see it. Jeff? Hmm. Yeah. Listen, I think that um... – I'm sorry. What was the question? I was I was reading an article. My well, for that. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, thanks for the call. We'll get you another time. I was trying. Carl, to... Carl was talking first about the fact that this coaching staff has done such a wonderful yeah, job, I... and then he was specifically addressing Leonard Williams, yeah. who I... came in a very crafty trade by General Manager Dave Gettleman. Look, if if you understood that that this guy brought a lot of talent to the table, you understood the trade from the very get go. Unfortunately, sure there were a lot of people out there who didn't. And I think the biggest thing was the, was the draft picks, right? Because this, that's what everybody gets so upset about. But there's a third and a fifth. They're future draft picks, right? So it's like you don't know what those the future is going to be. So I, I think that it, looking back on it, it's it's been pretty good. And um, I mean, Leonard Williams is. It's going to be very interesting to see how this kind of pans out in the off season. If, if they're going to, I feel like he's a guy that the, that defense needs. Because I think guys really rally around him, and I think his presence does a lot for the locker room, and you know that's worth something. So it's just a matter of how much money he's going to want, and um, how much the Giants are going to want to pay. Remember this: we we've talked about the the off season in the in the salary cap this year. We don't, it's not going to we don't know the type of money that's going to be there, but you know, hopefully you can structure something that he'll be able to stay. But the guy has a, has just played well all season. Uh, you saw it last year, him getting better. And it's just a pleasure to see the Giants have somebody now that the team has to really pay attention to. Don't you think? Absolutely. One quick comment on Colt McCoy, because earlier today, Joe Judge said that he would try to get Daniel Jones and his sore hamstring some work at practice this week. Mm -hmm. The Giants will have a light walkthrough on Wednesday. And according to Judge, he wants to give Jones a chance to go out on the field, take some reps, and prove that he's got enough of mobility to move around in the pocket, to, to, you know, get out of the pocket if he has to, to get safely to the sidelines if he has to. And if he believes that Jones can do these things, which would allow him to defend himself and play safely in a game against an opponent, then he is open to potentially having Jones get back for Arizona next Sunday. Now, I give you that information because, quite frankly, uh, to me, that qualifies him as a day-to-day kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're going to know anything until Friday at the earliest, and maybe it won't even be up until a game-time decision. In the meantime, Colt McCoy was 13 of 22 for 105 yards, a touchdown, a deflected pick, and he was sacked twice. But I think we would all agree that as the game went on and he settled down, he had said that early in the game he was certainly a bit jacked up and was seeing things too quickly. Uh, he was the game manager that the Giants needed in Seattle. Yeah, there's no question. Um, you know, the thing about this is that 
When you look at this team, Paul, from a collective, like just how they play, I, I've, this is so great to see how this team has come together and that how Joe Judge and his staff, that they work every single week. And it, it's just it, there's no like they have blinders on. It's like, okay, now who's it? I, I know they know who their next opponent is, but it's just almost like, okay, now who do we play next week? Let's go. You know, so Daniel Jones, is he going to be a part of that? Um, I think that you mentioned it earlier where Wednesday's maybe going to be like more of a walkthrough practice. So, you know, Thursday and Friday will be his bulk of getting to know if he can he can plant. I think the biggest thing is planting and being able to throw because you know what happens when quarterbacks can't plant that back foot. They throw off that back foot. They get no velocity on their passes. And then all of a sudden you start turning the football over. So. Um, I think that those will be the indicators, especially on Friday, which I know is a heavy practice for the Giants, and we'll, we'll go from there. But um, from the from the looks of it, and you and I have talked about this off the air, from the looks of it, it you know, he, he went through a lot last week. So I think that he's probably going to be pretty good to go this week, but we'll see. I'm sure there's a lot of optimism around the complex these yeah. days. Well, That's what's great sure. about and what the optimism is this, that they go on the road to probably – you know, one of the most difficult places to play when there is the 12th man, but they go across the country with a backup quarterback and win a game they're not supposed to as 10 or 11 point underdogs. You talk about how giving your, your team confidence. I mean, wow, they, they understand that, okay, we can win with Daniel Jones and we can win without him, you know, if we have an injury here or there. So, uh, you know, hopefully he gets, he gets back because he does bring an element to that offense that's needed. That's for sure. Back to the phones at 973-667-1960. Robert in Maplewood is next on the show. Hello. Hey, fellas. It's a beautiful Monday morning, Victory Monday. Yes, indeed it is. <laughs> um, no, you know, I just I just wanted to call um, and, and give Dave Gettleman the props he deserves because I feel like, you know, for the past year or so, they've been really beating up on him and for all his picks and things that just didn't make sense at the time. But now they're all starting to fall into place, and now you know I don't hear those haters anymore, and 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 it's it's kind of nice, you know. And I, I don't know, I just want to get your guys' take on that. Well, Robert, well, I, take... I think the bottom line is every plan is going to require some patience, unless you've got a ton of cap space and you can do a quick fix, like the Giants did in 2016. The problem with a quick fix is that it's not going to last very long, and that's not what this organization is about right now. They want something that's going to last. And, Jeff, I think that's the issue is that people were not patient uh, at the time when, when Gettleman, you know, came in and had to go through a three-phase plan because usually people are not patient. And when they're not patient and they don't understand and they don't see what's happening and they don't understand the blueprint of the end game, they're going to get angry. And I think really that's what's happened here. Although now that, okay, the sun is starting to shine through the window, people are like, yeah, I get it. Well, I think that when you, and I don't want to, this, I don't want to, what do I say? It's not easy to pick, you know, players in the NFL. The first, first round, second round, it's not easy, right? I mean, but it's those, those rounds, you got a little bit of a better chance, right? Because your top 60 players, if you will, I, I, you're probably not going to go much wrong with those. I mean, evidently these guys don't pan out a little bit, but it's a little bit easier to pick those. Where you, I think you make your money, and where Dave Gettleman and his staff has made his money is those lower round draft picks that come through for you. Okay, so look at the way that those linebackers are playing for you, huh? Well, how, the, how where are those guys drafted this year? Look at some of these guys that he's getting off the streets. 
Look at some of these guys that are coming in in the sixth and seventh round and playing for you and actually contributing to winning football games. That, to me, goes to show you the job that Dave Gettleman is doing. And so, and the, an offensive lineman, uh, Lemieux, what round was he picked in? He was not picked in the first, second, or third round. You know, so here's kind of the, where you kind of get into the nuts and bolts of scouting and really developing and going out and looking at, looking at players to develop. That's where you earn your money, in my opinion. Well, Darius Slayton this. is another guy. Well, it, it, it's not just the late-round draft picks. It's not just, you know, the normal free agency where you pick up a Martinez and a Fackrell and a Bradbury and a Logan Ryan. And a Gano. Okay, and, and a Graham Gano. <laughs> but then it's, it's also... Okay, it's also the guys like Jabal Sheard, who you yeah. grab off the scrap heap, Alfred Morris, Devontae Freeman, guys who come in off the scrap heap when they are discarded and they don't even know if they're going to have a place to play, and they come in here and they wind up making some plays that contribute to a win. This yeah. is just, I, I can't say enough about the entire front office and the job that they've done. Chris Pettit, of course, the director of college scouting, uh, also a very, very significant part of all of this. Uh, Kenny Sturdfeld, the pro personnel department, they've all done a great job. And it's just it's nice to see the heat finally off of them as, as people are able to get some clarity as to what this organization has tried to do. Uh, in terms of that Williams deal, I do want to – John sending me a note, and I appreciate that – yeah, there is a conditional on the Williams deal. It was a three and a five, which then becomes a, a three, which was this year, and a fourth in the spring of 2021 if Williams signs an extended deal. But you know what? That's not such a bad deal. <laughs> no matter how you look at it, I got no problems giving up a three and a four for a guy who has become an impact player for this defense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that, listen, I, I absolutely. But now you just want to be able to keep them. <laughs> You know, well, sure. That's sure. The you're giving up, but you know what? Four, if he gets keep... away, okay, they'll get they'll get compensatory value. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Plus, if he if he does if he gets away, you're not giving up a four. Right? Robert, thank up... thank you for the call. I think we we left you kind of hanging there on hold a little bit, and I, I do apologize for that. But yeah, the, he'll be part of the compensatory formula if he goes free agent and signs somewhere else. And quite honestly. If he does, it's going to be because he signed such a big, fat contract that the Giants couldn't afford him. And if it's a big, fat contract, that will weigh heavily in the compensatory formula where you wind up, might wind up getting a third-rounder back. So you see, there was a no-lose on this. But, you know, look, what happens is a lot of people read things and they don't understand that the stuff they're reading is, is really uh, about as good as a stale marshmallow. We go back to the phone lines at 973-667-1960. Lee in Atlanta, you're on the program. Hello. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. How are you? you? I'm good. I just wanted to give credit to Coach Marvin, who said something a while back that I thought was really profound. He explained the steps a team has to take when transitioning from trying to be good to really being competitive and then ultimately being good again. And it was um, learn how to compete, then it was beat teams that you're supposed to, and then it was beat a team you're not supposed to beat. And the Giants have done that, I think, all three steps this year, which is quicker than I thought they would be able to do it. And I just wanted to give Coach Marvin props because I thought that was a very profound statement he made a while back. 
Um, the win yesterday was great, and it's a lot to look forward to. I just wanted to ask you guys to keep tabs on the offensive line. No one has said anything really about um, Andrew Thomas lately. I know he's playing better, but I would like to still hear how, how good he's getting. And I want to know about Gates and his progress because I thought those guys really played well in his show yesterday and Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman should have been uh, playing a lot from the start. And that's all I got, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for the call. Sure. All right, Jeff, I'm going to let you start with uh, the two offensive linemen. Well, I'll start with, with, with uh, Thomas. I mean, we all kind of knew that he was going to be fine. At least I did. I mean, I think that he's just it's – a, it's a matter of getting used to the level of play that's here, getting some of his fundamentals down. And, by the way, I mention this all the time because I know. I know for a fact. I played in this league long enough to understand that if you don't have confidence in what you're doing – and you're not acceptable to coaching, then you won't be here long. So I look at both of those things, and I think it comes hand in hand. He's getting some good coaching, okay, and the guy is coming around, and he's playing with some confidence. So he's got the ability. It's just taking him a little bit longer. And, you know, and, and then with Matt Pert and, and Fleming over there on the right side, Fleming's a veteran. He's been around a while. He's still got a little things to learn. But, you know, they're just collectively playing with confidence, and that's the biggest thing with those guys. Same thing with Gage, Jeff. Oh, and Gates – yeah, I mean, he's probably um, – I'm, I'm probably more surprised at how Gates is playing than I am Thomas because we kind of knew what Thomas was. That's his position. Right. But, you know, a guy that moves into a center that's never played there before, um, what I like about him the most is I know he's intelligent and he's got grit. I mean, the guy is – he's just always – he's a mean player. And he's, you know, he's a tough guy. And that's what you want inside there. You want the, you know, along with the two guards next to you. That's a, that's a good, good combination, in my opinion. He's played very well. Hey, guys, this is Schmelk, by the way. Just FYI, mm-hmm. last two weeks, Andrew Thomas, zero pressures allowed. In zero in two, two weeks. Zero. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, you know, again, it's just, it's, and he'll continue to, to ride that confidence. And, you know, teams are, he's, he's, he's understanding how to figure out some, some NFL rushers now, right? So you look at uh, the Cardinals going to go up against this week who he's going to have to play against. Well, Marcus Golden will be one of the guys. <laughs> Although he didn't get to – he got to practice with him a little bit, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Uh, well, hey, th- this is all about guys doing their jobs, and if they've got to step up, you got to step up. I mean, that ultimately what it comes down to, Jeff, and Coach Judge has said this, I can't tell you how many hundreds of times since training camp started, the guys who earn the reps are going to play. Well, and that goes back to what we were talking about as far as, you know, signing players. And Joe Judge is a firm believer that when I have 53 guys on the sideline, I'm playing 53 of them. You know, I mean, obviously there's a little bit of you can't get everybody in the game. But his philosophy is that if I don't think you can play, you're not going to be on the field. So um, then, then those young guys obviously have shown him that he can play and he has trust in them. You know, I mean, McKinney's a guy where – He's kind of going to work in his way back in the lineup a little bit. You don't know where he's going to end up eventually, but, I mean, he got a little bit more than, I think it was 11 plays maybe last, last game yesterday. Well, it was, it was three the day before, and yesterday it was six. McKin- uh, McKinney? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, six plays not, yesterday. Not including special teams, right? Five on special, six on defense. Okay, so it was 11 plays totally. So that's, you know, that's to be expected, a guy that's got to get his, you know, an idea of the speed of the game again and things like that. So, um 
but you know, back to the point about the younger players. If 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 you're on the field and you're making plays, then you know you're going to be on that 53-man roster. Yep. Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty is our phone number, and we invite you to give us a ring. Uh, Giants Big Blue Kickoff Live is here every single weekday from noon until 1 Eastern time. You can always catch the show later on on the app in the archive. New York, uh, Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by New York Lottery. The New York Lottery has released their seasonal scratch-off games once again. Head to your nearest retailer for the chance to win up to $500,000. Please gift responsibly. A couple of things that, that I noticed on Twitter, Jeff, that, that people seem to have kind of latched onto a, a little bit is is the fact that you know Joe Judge has not only maintained that you know very calm demeanor very even kind of methodical kind of attitude and and you know even he discussed it today when he was on with the writers how he was facing a lot of heat and a lot of questions when the team was 0-5 but he said that what Leonard Williams mentioned after the game yesterday is so true that if you follow and trust the process, you will learn more about your team when things aren't going well as opposed to when things are going well. And that the idea is that you learn from those things and the arrow points up and then you continue to improve so that you're playing the best football you can and you're coaching the best football you can at the end of the season. And I just... The calm and cool cucumber type approach that he has used has basically filtered throughout this entire roster, and I think that's a big deal. Oh, it's a huge deal. Absolutely. I, I think the process is, is really something to look at because if you can get people to really buy into that process, um, and it's funny you mentioned that because there was an article that I was reading this morning on uh, Peter King's, um, it's uh, FMIA, I believe it's called, and it, it, he was talking to Drew Brees about this. And it was exactly what Drew Brees said. He said so much of the league is about results, where in results, it's, we're in a result-driven business, but truly it's about the process. If you focus on the process, the result will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Believe in and develop the process. This, so this is from one of the greatest quarterbacks to play the game, understanding that you don't just you know, show up and, and play. It's, it's a matter of process through and understanding the the process getting to where you want to get to that's not easy you know that paul for players to understand that and to do it is one thing you know to talk about it and get them to do it is another so uh it's a it's a very difficult process but the giants are there they believed in this process and they understand that and it's and it's confidence in that the winning if once the winning starts they understand that the process is working and i i think that they have you know that zero and five stretch that's tough because, you know, when you have a tough guy like Joe Judge come in here and have you run laps because you run off sides or, or no, you, you know, you got to do this or that. And, you know, those kind of things from veteran players are like, well, you know, is this really going to work? I mean, do we really have to run laps? But they trusted the process. They toughened and you, up. And you know what, Jeff? It shouldn't surprise us to hear Drew Brees say that. And it's not because, you know, he's going to be a Hall of Fame uh, uh, quarterback once he retires. But look where he's played under Sean Payton, who, by the way, in the last 15 years, is about as successful as a head coach could be if you're not Bill Belichick. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, that you know, I, I get it. I totally get it. And it boggles. I mean, Mike Tomlin's another one. Same situation. Yeah. 
you know, you look over the course of the last couple of decades, who are the guys who are winners? And what is it that they believe? They believe in the process. You must be patient. You must believe and have conviction in the core foundation of what you're trying to build. That's what it's all about. And you have to sometimes have patience. People never want to have patience. Yeah, he also says that, but if you just focus on the process, eventually you get to the point where good process will consistently equal good results. Agreed. That's 100%, right? 973-667-1960. Prepare for a complaint, Jeff. Charlie from Portland, Maine, you're next on the show. Hello. Complaint department is closed currently. (laughs) Hey, Paul. Hey, Jeff. Hey, you were just talking about patience, so I hope you guys have a lot of patience, right? Well, with you, we have to. All we got to do is tell Schmuck to hit the button, and you're gone. That's our patience. <laughs> oh, you don't have to tell me to hit the button. I'll just hit the button. Don't worry about that. Come on, Charlie. Hey, look, yeah, uh, look, please, please tell me you enjoyed your lobster dinner last night with a big smile on your face because the Giants hey, are on am, a four-game winning streak. I am, I am totally happy for the win. I'm totally happy uh, for the defense, the way they play. And I am totally happy for Colt McCoy. Because I said he can win games for us. And you'd have to say this is probably the biggest win in the last two years for the New York Giants. You know what, Charlie? Before you go anywhere else, I'll tell you this. To me, it's the biggest win this organization has had since they beat the Cowboys. Remember the Odell Beckham short slant takes it for a touchdown uh, back in 2016. It It was a couple of weeks before the end of the season. And and they they stunned Dallas in like a ten to seven game, and I thought that was the biggest win they had had since the two twenty eleven Super Bowl season, and and this one was along those lines for me. Yeah, and the thing that's very noticeable that win happened without Daniel Jones on the field. Pretty wild. I just wanted to point that out, right? Pretty wild. And, and hey, look I, about Seattle. Look. They played Philly the week before, right? They only scored 17 points. I think it was 17 points they scored. They were having issues with their offense, and the reason why their offensive line is not very good to begin with, and then they lost three or four players. Yeah. So you could that's you know. So to me, there's a little caveat with this win because we didn't go up against a really good offensive line. And Wilson, why he's considered MVP or was was because he was he was carrying the whole team on his back because he was running to save his life, but he was making play. Well, so but you know, me, Charlie, that's the thing yeah. in this league. It, it Very few teams have an offensive line that they're truly satisfied with. Yeah, they, I, I know. So, so you should be, if, if you can, build a strong offensive line, okay? Once again, it's about the trenches. Build your own good offensive line and make sure you've got a defensive line that can take advantage of the sisters of the poor on the other side. Yeah, and, and you know, our defense played well. They, they saved the game, and, uh, which was great. And uh, that, you know, I know we're all killing Ingram, but that ball was thrown behind him. And, you know, you might say, well, he should have had it. But this is, this is my opinion on what's going on with Ingram. I think he has, because he's been injured so many times and haven't been able to complete a season he wants to stay healthy and i think he's got one eye on where's this guy going to hit me is he going to hit me in the legs again so i'm going to get hurt 
Is this guy going to hit me high? So he has one eye or a quarter of his eyeball looking at somebody who's coming after him, especially when he's over the middle. And I think that's why he might drop some passes. So when a ball is behind him, he, you know, if he doesn't, you know, if he's looking behind him, he doesn't know what's going to happen to him. So to me, I think he's got one eye looking to see who's going to hit him. And you can say, well, he shouldn't or not, but because he gets so much criticism of never being able to stay on the field, I think that's what's going on with him. And I don't blame him, to tell you the truth. But I don't think that was his fault. I think that ball was too far behind him. Colt was throwing some balls that were behind uh, receivers in that game, a little bit behind. He'll get better. He's rusty, you know. Next week he'll be hitting them in stride. So if he plays next week, He's you know, we don't know. But uh, So, yeah, I was, totally, I was totally happy with the win. Um, but, you know, we still, you know, the Browns, hey, the Browns turned around their offensive line in one year. They're the best offensive line graded in run and in pass blocking. They did it in one year. So it can be done. If you bring in the right guys, you have the right coach, they have Callahan, right? That's the guy I wanted, and I think that's the guy you wanted, Paul. And uh, he ended up going to the Browns. I think he's in the with the Browns, and uh, mm-hmm. he's just a. I think he's the he's best. He's one of the better line offensive coach. line coaches in the league, and has been for years. Yeah, but, exactly. you, but Charlie, don't get ahead of yourself. The Cleveland game's on December twentieth. Okay, you know, we'll give you plenty of time to talk about the Browns next week. Okay, they got the Cardinals on Sunday, so yeah, just relax. I know. I know. And the thing is, with Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray's a little bit faster than uh, Mr. Wilson, so. We got our hands full with him next week. Uh, but, you know, Graham's got a great game plan. He, he, knows, he knows how to uh, scheme for stuff like this. So it's going to be basically our offense. Can we score more than 17 points? We've got to score, I think, at least 24 next week to win the game. But it was a great win, a good win. But, hey, guys, slow your roll. We're not in the Super Bowl. You know, we're not even in the playoffs yet. So um, it was a good win. Let's see what we can do next week. All right, Charlie. A fairly positive call from our friend in Portland, Maine, Mr. Fiegels. <laughs> well, he must have had some good lobster last night or something. But, you know, I mean, he has nothing to complain about because the Giants ran for 190 yards on the third-ranked rushing defense. So, I mean, the, the offensive line is playing well. And that's, uh, you know, I, I, and with Ingram, I don't know, as a player, I don't know if you really do look at that. Um, you know, it's just – Sometimes it's just concentration and focus. I mean, that ball was thrown behind him, but, you know, I've seen guys – I've seen Evan Ingram make that play before, you know, just like I saw him make the, the heck of a grab on the third down conversion at the end of the game. I mean, you know, that's, that's, your, that's your Evan Ingram. He's uh, – you know, he'll make a, a, a bonehead play, and then he'll turn around and make a great play. And well, I think Jeff, that, to be fair, doesn't that separate the good players from the very good or great players? Yes, and absolutely. You know, I mean – we could be talking about how he makes those plays all the time and that what would make him a great, great football player. But, you know, sometimes he just doesn't have the ability to make those plays sometimes. So, but you're right. I mean, you look at the Gronks of the world, the Kelsey's of the world, the really, really good tight ends that play at that type of level. They seem to make plays sometimes that you just scratch your head like, wow, where did, man, look at that catch. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, and, 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 and that's what it is. And I guess the expectations are always that Ingram would be one of those guys, and right now he's still a notch below those guys, and that's what yeah. makes it frustrating. And I understand that. Sure. My goodness, I think everybody, uh, you know, is, has got their eyes open, and they see 
some of the missed opportunities, but they also see some of the really good plays. And again, he did catch a big first down pass uh, late in the game as well. So nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. We're running out of time. It does look like Brandon from Montclair is on the phone, or Brendan from Montclair is on the phone, and we're going to squeeze you in. So you're next on the show. Hello. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Great. How are you? Uh, first time calling. Yeah, doing Thank great. Thank you. Um, and uh, I was just extremely pleased uh, with with the performance yesterday. Um, you know, I feel like we were going on on uh, all three phases of the game. We're doing great. Um, the defense and the young guys are playing extremely well. One thing that I really loved was, you know, in watching actually Seattle play a lot of times, Russell Wilson, when he gets out of the pocket, um, being able to grab those first downs and stuff like that when, when the play breaks down. And one of the things that I noticed was the, the, the linemen were really holding him contained. And even when he did get out of the pocket and rush, he wasn't getting those those big gains to, to keep the keep the drives going. Um, and I feel like the, the coverage was really great. Nothing got behind them. There were no huge, huge big plays. Uh, Metcalf running down the field. Um, but the one thing also, even with that, that I would like to say is I know even well that we had this great win knowing what I've seen from, from Judge and uh, this, this staff they're still not going to be happy. There are a couple of dropped interceptions that were there, uh, and especially, you know, a long return on special teams. Judge is not going to be happy about that. So even though this was a great win, um, we're going to go back to the film and still try and get better, and that's one thing that this team has always been doing so far with this staff and is to try and get better week after week, and I'm just really pleased to see the process and how it's been going, and uh, I'm excited to see the future of this team. Brendan, thank you so much for the phone call because you've given me a great point to go to Jeff Fiegels about because he played under Tom Coughlin. And, Jeff, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but even after a victory Monday, Tom would always make sure that he showed the team the things that he wanted them to clean up, and he was very stern about, hey, guys, we need to fix this. The win is great, and I love it, and I'm glad about it, but – Let's make sure we understand the stuff that's still got to get corrected. And I, I see that in Joe Judge. And to me, a coach of that mentality is going to love a game that you win but still have mistakes because it allows him to keep you guys in check. And every coach points those out. They all do. Um, but what, what, what Tom would do, would, and I, I think that Joe's probably the same way, is he will point out these mistakes that you made in a game that you won and, and apply it to your opponent that's coming up next week. And he'll say, you know what, if we make this mistake, for instance, the block kick, okay, uh, you're going to bring up things like that, that we can't do this against a team that their special unit, uh, special teams unit is ranked in the top five of the league. Or I'm, Not that the Arizona Cardinals are, I'm just making a point. But they will use that information to drive it home, even though you won the game, you made some mistakes, but we can't go on doing this if we're going to try to beat our next opponent, which is the Arizona Cardinals. And so they will, he will do that. They will look at, those, look at the tape and build on it, but they will not dwell on it. They'll just they'll make a point. They'll, they'll point of emphasis, here it is, and then we're moving on. We've got a game plan. We've got a, who's our next opponent? The Arizona Cardinals, they're coming here. Okay, It's an NFC opponent, and just makes, you know, make those kinds of, of um, points that we can't overlook the things that we did wrong, and take those into the next game. 
Jeff, it's been a pleasure play, uh, spending Man, Victory Monday with quick. you. We'll talk it again really soon. It really does. It goes by fast when you got a Victory Monday, doesn't it? <laughs> and when Charlie doesn't complain. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we've had four, four of them in a row. Let's see. Maybe next Monday we can have a fifth. So that'll be good. Okay, folks, enjoy Pittsburgh and Washington tonight. Our number is 973-667-1960 or go hashtag to uh, Giants Chat. Uh, on Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. As a reminder, you can find an archive of this show and our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere at giants.com slash podcasts. So long, everybody.